You know, we live in a polarized world, don't we? We want everything to fit into either box A or box B, black or white, left or right. And we just finished a study over these last couple of weeks, if you've been with us, about how our faith integrates in and with and intersects with our culture that we live in. And here's one idea where both of them sort of parallel each other very well, the faith culture and the secular culture for lack of a better word. The faith culture often likes things to be right or wrong. Two options, simple. Secular culture, like the faith culture, often likes things to be right or wrong, simple. Two options makes for less decision fatigue. If you don't believe me, take a first timer who's never been, if you can find somebody, and take them to McDonald's and watch them look at the menu and just be like overwhelmed by all the options. What if God was more creative than just black and white? What if in in an impossible situation, even a situation that borderlined on despair, there was a third option? Unless we know to look for it, maybe it's even a hidden option. Today's story fits the bill. Because we have one character who is in total uh, total despair. Her life is going to be on the line here. We have one character who's caught with only two options. But the hidden option spells one word in the sand. Hope. We often, this is a story that we often look at under the microscope at the times that we've looked at it over the past couple of years. We've really dived down into the details. But while we're going to read it in pieces today, We're going to look at it more from the 30,000 foot view. Can I get the, how this theme works out? So hear the hope that John writes for you today. This story comes out of John 8. We're going to start off with verses 2 through 6. They go like this. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and making her stand before all of them. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Welcome to this side of humanity. The side nobody wants to admit exists on Sunday morning. I mean, the woman's sin, uh, her act, it's fairly black and white to run with that idea. So I won't expound on that any further. Sex outside the marriage context really never goes anywhere good. But here's the thing. If she's found guilty, it's a death penalty case. So you need to have, in order to get to this point in the trial, you need to have two very eyewitnesses. Again, pretty black and white. Either they saw the triple X version of the act or they didn't. There were those kinds of witnesses. And her guilt, her guilt and her innocence isn't really the issue here though. She's just a tool for these guys called the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees think they have Jesus caught in this either or trap. This, you only have two options, Jesus. Option one, she gets stoned. Option two, she does not get stoned. There really seems like there's no other options out there. And if Jesus says, 
working through the problem, says Stonehurt, then he's no longer a friend of sinners. You know, come to me with all your, your weaknesses and I will get you executed. People might build as a theme for Jesus if that were the case. If he says, don't stone her, then it's basically like Jesus is disregarding the law and he loses any Orthodox Jew as a follower. So which is it going to be? You know, author of the book of this two-part series, The Hidden Option, Jonathan Malm, he grew up as a missionary kid in Guatemala. And he tells the story of his dad getting caught by the Guatemalan police with incorrect papers at a, um, a roadblock as they're going down the mountain. And there's two options that the people would tell his family about as they were beginning their missionary work. Either you can go to the courts and get things straightened out so legally, I guess, or there's the Guatemalan way, which is 100 quetzalas to the officer. Little uh, paper bill bribe to the officer to, to let him pass. And while everybody advised taking option two, bribing the officer, John's dad went with option three, the bluffing lawyer. And he got out of the car, right? he got out of the, out of the truck, and in bad Spanish, he explained why everything was okay. And he's like, oh no, the paperwork's fine. And he gets his license back, and then he disengages the parking brake and just sort of rolls on through the checkpoint. Now hear me accurately, I am not suggesting or advocating for trying to bluff the cops. I am advocating and suggesting that there's always a hidden option. Confronted with complicated problems, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking there's only bad options that exist. Well, the creative options existed for Jesus in this story, and they exist for us too. But it starts with believing that they exist. The story continues in John 8, verses 7 through 9, with these words. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. To hear is the truth. Some hidden options can only be found through God. The woman caught in adultery here is trapped with only one option. The hope that the first stone ends it all. And that she's put out of her misery in a couple of seconds. Jesus appears to be trapped with only two options. Stone her or do not stone her. But there's that hidden option in there. Because the law that said the woman needed to be stoned, or deserved to be stoned, also said the accusers had the right to be the executioners. So Jesus calls them out. Says you have the legal right to call her guilty, but you do not have the right to execute. Because under John 8, 7, which says this, when they kept on questioning, he straightened up and said to them, let any among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus is the only one in that context allowed to pick up a stone. And speaking in big picture ideas here, outside of Jesus, there's only two options for us today. We either obey 
God's law, starting out with the Ten Commandments, just as something that pretty much everyone will at least be familiar with, starting with obeying the law perfectly. Now, keep in mind what James says in James 2.10 when he says this, For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. Now, that's a pretty dismal situation. But that's one option. Obey the law perfectly. Or we can disobey the law and be separated from God by death, which is an even more dismal situation. Now, humanity often tries number one, but without fail, it finds it impossible. Without fail, humanity keeps on failing. But then Jesus provides a hidden option, a third option, his death and resurrection. To satisfy the law, and it, the law gets satisfied and we're not dead. I said last week that God has been working that particular plan since sin came into the picture, almost since the start of creation. Yet even Jesus' disciples didn't see that option coming. The story continues. John 8 verses 10 and 11 goes like this. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. So when we find that hidden option, it offers hope. When we see God's hidden options in our lives, we see hope. Where hope maybe seemed totally lost. Jesus escaped the trap that had been laid for him by these Pharisees, by these PhDs of the law. But he also gives hope to the woman. And hope goes beyond just that skill. I mean, hear Jesus' words as he talks about her sin. In Matthew 5, 27 through 28, he says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus in front of a crowd, trying to embarrass Jesus, and hey, if they embarrass the woman on top of it, a bonus points, I guess. But so there's lots around, lots of people around to hear this hidden option that the Pharisees hadn't considered. And one commentator translates John 8, 7 like this. It says, when, he kept, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let he who is without the same sin cast the first stone. So when Jesus gives hope to the woman, he gives hope to all of those who just hadn't been caught yet. And when God gives us the hidden options, it's not always just for us. It's often that it's an option that allows us to help others find grace in their lives. That lets us bring others to the God who loves them and wants the best for them. So how do we find these hidden options? in our lives, in the situations we deal with, in the practical stuff and the, the hard choices and difficult situations, we're going to get really, really practical with this as a next step. It starts with the questions we ask when we're in a hard situation. You know, when I came out here uh, almost 12 years ago now to pastor this church, my wife and I had asked the question as we're, dry, as we're flying back and forth between here in Chicago, um, visiting, 
I'm like, should I take the position or not? It was kind of A or B thinking, black or white. But a wise professor, I was still in seminary at the time, a wise professor showed me the hidden option with a different question. She told me, it's not should you take the position or not, it's can you love the people? Can you love it? I remember sitting in her office and she asked me that question. And it totally changed the dynamics of our discernment. What if the question wasn't, do I stand up for my rights or do I back down? But what if the question was, how do I infuse love into this situation? What if the question wasn't, should I lie to make the sale? But how can I meet the customer's needs while still making the sale? And when we start asking the right question, we start to inject hope into those hard situations. And remember this, if you're a believer, you've already experienced the greatest hidden option, your salvation. That you are living proof that even when things look hopeless, there's always a better option. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for being the one who offers us more options, the hidden option, the one that maybe we don't think of in our black and white world, but the one that offers hope, the one that helps us to see beyond just the A and B options that are in front of us. Help us to find those that we might be able to take the difficult situations we go through and speak hope and speak life through them. In your name we pray, amen.